0: Yes, yes. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of God. As you're being seated, I want you to do me a huge favor. It is Pastor Eric's birthday today. Come on now. I appreciate he and his... Work that he does so much, he makes it easy to do what I do on Sunday mornings. You know, he just leads us right in there. Pastor Eric, happy 55th birthday! Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make him older than me so I feel better. 51? 51, 51. So <laughs> praise God for him. Let's give him just give him my hand of appreciation. Thank you, Pastor Eric. I chose today and I felt real strongly I I told the class Wednesday night. I'm going to finish the series I've been doing on Wednesday nights entitled The Name Game. And I'm going to finish it this morning because I feel that it is vital and I feel like it's something that each and every one of us need to grasp as I bring this to a conclusion and we, we, we wrap this up. And we've been talking about how we fill in the third word, I am each and every one of us do it all day long, every day. Whether it's in our mind, whether we speak it. I, uh, I was working yesterday and I caught myself filling in that word. You big dummy, what were you thinking? Come on now, I'm not the only one. I know most of you. I, I know you. And, and we have all these third words. And our third word, the problem is, it seems to never line up with God's third word over our life. And how do we live in between our third word and grasping the third words that God has spoken over our lives and who we are. And this Jacob narrative, we've talked about Jacob and we were, we were talking about his encounter. And, and this whole narrative, we see a man who, who he fights with everyone. He came out of the womb fighting. His name means heel grabber. His name means deceiver, manipulator. He lived his whole life manipulating and his whole life in deceiving. And it started as he held onto his brother's heel coming out of the womb, trying to pull him back in so he could be the first one to receive the, the firstborn's blessing and the, the first one's inheritance and, and he birthright. He, he wanted it all. Even from the beginning, he was so competitive. and Of course, none of us are competitive, are we? No, we're not competitive. And, and, and you know, he, he wrestled with his brother in the womb. He, he deceived his father into giving him the, the blessing that, that wasn't his. It was his brother's, and he deceived his father. He, he sparred with his uncle Laban and, and fought with him from everything about his daughters to his sheep. And he, he, he fought with him, his donkeys and, and everything. He, he, he spent his whole life manipulating and, and scruffing and, and trying to connive his way. Wow. He tried to take down an angel, and he wrestled with the angel. We're going to read about it in just a moment. And, and it ended up him getting his hip dislocated. He ended up lame. You know, Jacob, at this point, we're going to read in just a moment, in Genesis, he, he thought he was preparing to, to meet his brother Esau, who he ran from and he fled from. Uh, uh, and this is all starting in Genesis 27. And he, he runs from his brother because he deceived his father into giving him his brother's birthright and his brother's inheritance. And he, he has to run from his brother in fear because his brother said, I'm going to avenge myself and I'm going to kill you. So his mother sends him away and he takes off and he's ran from him and he's been in hiding all these years and he's accumulated wealth uh, by manipulating and deceiving and he's ready to go back and he's on his way to meet with his brother and he thinks he's getting ready to prepare for this meeting with Esau again because it had been decades. But yet he was still struggling with the same thing. Still struggling. Why? Because just like each one of us, Esau was not the problem. Esau was not the opponent's. Any more than the angel he wrestled with was the opponent. Neither was his uncle Laban the opponent. His dad was not the opponent. Wow. Jacob, yeah. Jacob's outward struggle was simply a reflection of his inward struggle. Everything that was taking place on the outside was a reflection of what was going on on the inside of Jacob. He was a man in search of identity. Sound familiar? He was a man in search of identity. He was a man in search of transformation. He was a man in search of acceptance. Wow. Until Jacob was able to find that in God, he could never be at rest with himself. Much less the world around him. The outward fight was simply a manifestation of an inward struggle. And I'm in Genesis 27-33. through 33, The night he wrestled with the angel... Jacob thought he was preparing to go meet his brother and make peace with Esau. When in reality, God brought him to that place for him to make peace within himself. God brought Jacob to this point He sent everything that belonged to him. His wives, his maidservants, his 17 kids. He sent it all across the Jabbok. And he stayed alone and thought he was going to wrestle with God to prepare to meet with his brother. But God had set him up for a meeting with himself. You see, this was the purpose of the dual names, if you will, in Genesis 32, 27 through 28. It says, the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have wrestled with God and with man and have overcame. The blessing could only come by Jacob admitting who he was. Years prior, he had heard the same question from his father when he went in and manipulated and deceived him into thinking he was Esau. He said, Who are you? He said, I'm Esau, your son. And he manipulated. Therefore, he was operating in that blessing under a false pretense of a false name. Now he comes to the same question from the Most High and he faces up to who he really is. I'm Jacob. That's me. That's my third word. I am Jacob. I am the deceiver. I am the backstabber. I am the manipulator. I am the heel grabber. I am the pretended. I am the broken. I am Jacob. And when he finally embraced who he was, this inner struggle going on inside of him, God changed his name. Or, God revealed his true identity. Hmm. When he embraced who he really was, God revealed his true identity. He showed him who he was meant to be all along. He said in verse 28, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it's Israel. Israel means triumphant with God. What a transition to go from trickster, manipulator, deceiver to now you're known as triumphant with God. That's a transformation, folks. Wow, what a turnaround. But you know what? Jacob was still Jacob. But in God, he was Israel. He was Israel. You see, Jacob, he he had to fight everything and everyone in this futile attempt to find his place in this world. But Israel, now Israel could rest in the acceptance of God knowing that he's accepted by God now wow you see the name Israel it didn't amplify perfection inside of Jacob it amplified the purpose that God would bring forth through him it amplified a process of change Now, come on folks we're all in a process some are further than the others and but we're all in a process it implied that this name change, this new name, implied relationship with God who loved Him as Jacob, even transforming Him into Israel. In other words, God loved Him even though He was Jacob. Even when He was a trickster, a manipulator, a deceiver, God still loved Him. He was still God of Jacob. God loved Him. Wow. Wow. This is illustrated in this encounter with Esau, his brother, a few hours later. You see, in comparison to this battle that Jacob had with this angel, and he wrestled all night long with this angel. and It was a physical wrestle, man. He, he, he's wore out. And, and when he finally meets his brother Esau, it's, it's very anticlimactic compared to his wrestling match with the angel the day before. You see, Jacob... He planned to win the pardon of his brother by sending him these gifts and he had all this he was going to give to his brother that he had communica- cum- accumulated and he was going to take it to his brother and he was going to offer it to him as a, a peace offering if, if you will and, and say here I want you to receive this as a, a token of my apology and my, say, I, I, I want a relationship now I want to come back home I, I, I want to be with my people and when Jacob finally Approached Esau, his brother. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis 33 and 14. Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept. Standing face to face, with the man he had spent his whole life struggling against, I think Jacob surely realized something that I'm coming to understand more and more. And that is simply this. The only real battle that I have to win is the battle within. The only real battle I've got to win is this one. The battle I've got to conquer is this one. The battle wasn't with Esau. The battle's not with your Esau. The battle is with me. Your real struggle is not with your money. Your real struggle's not with your employer. Your real struggle's not with your mother-in-law. And you may be saying, I don't know her. You're right, I don't, but I know mine. Thank God for her. The primary struggle you need to focus on that we have to see is the one within Jacob came to the realization that this opponent that I'm fighting, this this, this definition of my name that I'm fulfilling, the trickster, the manipulator, the deceiver, it's all a result of this battle that's within me. I have met folks, I have met young ladies that are absolutely beautiful. And all they do is talk about the way they look. How bad they look. I've met guys with 8-packs forget the six-pack the 8-pack and talk about how fat they are and I'm going really I got a keg (laughs) I mean acceptance belonging security value, significance, and the list goes on and on. And we might manifest this needs differently, but we all desire the same thing. I was reading an article this last week, and it was talking about Oprah. I don't know how you feel about her. I know how I feel, but that's not the issue. I want to give you a quote. And it was about her commencement address at Harvard University. And she said this, she said the most important lesson that she had learned in 25 years of talking to people was that we all have a common denominator. She said, we want to be validated, we want to be understood. And then she goes on to say this, and this is a quote. She said, I've done over 35,000 interviews in my career, and as soon as that camera shuts off, Everyone always turns to me and inevitably in their own way asks this question. Was that okay? Was that okay? She said, I've heard it from President Bush. I've heard it from President Obama. I've heard it from heroes and I've heard it from housewives. I've heard it from victims and per- perpetrators of crimes. Perpetrators of crimes, I can't speak here. I even heard it from Beyonce and all her Beyoncéness. They all want to know one thing. Was that okay? We all want validation. We all want acceptance. All of us. And folks, the only person that can answer these questions rightfully so is God. In other words, when we ask, was that okay? Am I okay? And allowing Him to answer these questions is the only way we're going to win this battle within our hearts. By listening to the voice of God and hearing what He is saying is the only way that we can fill in that third word of I am correctly. You see if we can defeat this internal insecurities maybe I'm the only one with them these internal insecurities if if we can embrace who we are and the process that we are in it doesn't really matter what opposes us on the external it doesn't matter When Jacob faced who he was and he said, I'm not going to let you go, God, till you bless me and change me. And he wrestled with himself and saying, This is it. This is who I am. The good, the bad, the ugly. Change it. I'm tired of it. Only then was he changed from Jacob to Israel. Folks, we can overcome any struggle. We can overcome any deficiency. We can overcome any bank balance, any doctor's report, any, any enemy, any critic. All we really have to do is win in here. You've got to win that battle. You've got to win it. You see, Jacob's lifelong struggle... It, it, It culminated in this simple realization that life, with all its messiness, with all its failures, and and all its awkward moments, is meant to be lived in the light of God's acceptance. God accepts you. God accepted Jacob for who He was and loved Jacob. He was still the God of Jacob. He's still the God of Israel. God is God and He loves you for who you are and where you're at. Even with the internal struggle that you're going through, God loves you. God loves you. You see, the goal of our existence should not be perfection, but it's relationship. It's that relationship with the one greater. Just like Jacob had that relationship, that encounter, and he wrestled with God. Sometimes we got to get alone and just wrestle with God. Say, I need to change this. I want this change, God. I've got to accept who I am, own up to it, and be who you've called me to be. I think of Paul in the New Testament. You know, Paul was... And he was extremely qualified in the eyes of the the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people. And and I mean, he had all these qualifications. Listen to how he qualified himself in Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 4. Paul says this Though I myself have reason for confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, he said, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Faultless, he said. He said, I had arrived. I, I know Paul saying. I'm the man. In the world's eyes, I had it going on. I was the man. Paul was incredible. You know, he he was the man that parents would take their kids and say, you see that? That's what you want to become. That's who you want to be. You want to to be like Paul. You, you, You want to operate like Paul. Paul had reached a lot of goals. But you know what? Paul had to let them go to look more like Jesus. Paul had accumulated a lot, of, a lot of degrees, a lot of. I mean, he was there, he arrived. He, he was a Pharisee, he had, he had it all. He had to reject the things that he used to think qualified him in order to achieve what was really important. Wow. Paul continues and he says this. Begin with verse 8 what is more he said now i've accumulated all that that but here's what's more important here's what is really important i consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for whose sake i have lost all things One version says, I consider it dung, I consider it rubbish. Everything else up to this point, I consider it rubbish compared to knowing the greatness of Christ Jesus. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know God Christ, he says. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. Folks, now what Paul had achieved in this world, it wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. But it wasn't the best goal that God had for him. In other words, what Paul was saying is, that wasn't worth spending the rest of my life after. How many things do we chase after? How many things do we go after because of this inner struggle inside of us that's not really the goal that God laid out for us? How many things do we pursue in life? If we were to take a step back and and face this inner inner struggle of me and see where it lines up, where would it fall? You see, Paul is saying, Here's my goal now. I want to know Christ. Bottom line, I want to know Christ. I, I saw all that other stuff. I had success that you couldn't even imagine. I reached the goal, but when I got there, I found out it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what the inner psalm needed to be transformed into Paul. So I let go of that goal, and I got a new one, and His name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. Only to know Christ, he said. I just want to know Him. And you know what's really interesting is simply this. Paul wrote this from prison. (laughs) From prison. In the world's eyes, probably a fallen angel. In the world's eyes, he had gone from a Pharisee to a prisoner, from uh, being a respected human being to humiliation. But But for Paul... He was finally winning. Instead of trying to qualify himself, he was letting God qualify him now. Instead of trying to fit in and trying to be all of this to everybody, he was now allowing God to qualify who he was and validate him in that relationship. And the very things that folks may be embarrassed by were the the things that propelled him into his destiny with God. Wow. Verse 12, he said, not that I've already obtained all this, or have I already arrived at my goal, but, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I've not got there, but I'm fighting this inner struggle now. Recognizing who I am, and I'm pressing on to that goal. I'm pressing on to that prize. I'm fighting this inner battle, and I'm moving forward in Christ Jesus because I want to know Him. Paul's goals had changed. Impressing people, proving his worth, and and making it to the top. Those things no longer had an appeal to him. Wow. His life was now about knowing Jesus. His life was now about having a relationship with Christ. It was about reaching for the goal. It was about pressing on. It was to know Christ and to be found in Christ. It was to be qualified by God to accomplish the calling of God on His life. Wow. Church, I believe the primary goal that God has for us in this life is not that we would arrive, but that we would reach. Not that we would necessarily arrive, but that we would reach. Is it? Is it that we would like Paul be more focused on this on the, the journey of knowing Jesus? and His will, than on a destination. Can we, in other words, focus on the will of God for our life and on this journey, instead of on a destination? And I'm not saying goals are wrong by no means. We all I say goals we all accomplish. I, 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 I think of Hannah. She said a goal. She's going back and getting her dental hygienist degree. And she's going to finish up and taking getting another degree. She's smarter than her daddy is. and She's focused. But in Hannah's life, and I'm going to pick on her for a minute, is the goal to know him or to be a dental hygienist? And she knows I love her. I'm just using her as an example. The joys of being a pastor's daughter. A PK. What's the focus? Are we winning the battle within? Are we too focused on the things outside? This journey, folks, is very real. And the destination and the process, it's all a goal and it's all a part of it. And I know, I understand that once this life's over, whoo, woo, woo <laughs> we will have arrived at a place of completeness and relationship with God and a place of complete perfection. Oh man, I thought I'd get a few more amens than that. I guess we need to talk about sin and getting right with Jesus, maybe. I don't know. But we will arrive at that place. But I'm sorry to inform you we are not in heaven yet. It's about the journey. It's about the relationship within. It's a real journey, folks. And if if we don't make life about the journey as a whole, we're going to miss out on a whole lot of life that He has to offer. Life's short. And we got a whole lot of life to enjoy. But it goes like a vapor, the apostle said. It goes quick. Are you focused on the battle within and winning in your relationship with Christ? Because we all have those insecurities. We all have them. You know, when saying reach, I believe that Paul in this reaching or this pressing on, I think he's referring to the ongoing experience with God in this life that he knew would accumulate into the next life. He's talking about this journey, this process when he says, I'm pressing, I'm, I'm reaching, I, I, this ongoing relationship with God, I'm pressing for it, I'm, I'm striving for it, I'm reaching for it. He was talking about his walk with God that had characterized all the great men and women of the Bible. uh, Reaching implies to the process. Reaching implies to a change. Reaching implies to a relationship. Reaching implies to dependency on Him. In many ways, the concept of reaching for Jesus, walking with Jesus, knowing Jesus, It encapsulates everything that life's about. That's what life is about. To know Him. And that's what Paul's saying. I want to know Him. Jacob said, i got to know you. i got to face myself and know you because I'm tired of who I am. I want to be who you called me to be. I want to be what you called me to be. I want to walk in life what you've called me to walk in. Not in frustration, but in fulfillment. And who qualifies us And what does He qualify us for? God qualifies us, church, for the journey and everything that it entails. Every inward battle that you face, He qualifies you to conquer it. Every battle that that comes your way, every insecurity, every frustration, every hurdle that, that comes this way, He prepares us. He qualifies us. He qualifies us to enjoy the ups and downs in life, the ebbs and the flows of life together with Him. I couldn't imagine facing life without Him. I can not imagine. You see, what I'm bottom line saying today is this feeling and this inadequacy of feeling unqualified to do what God has called us to do. The answer to that is simply to know Him. To know Him. That's what Paul was telling us. To know Him. It's to enjoy Him and to enjoy that relationship. It's to be able to face an uncertain future. Not not with a pride that comes with human achievements, but our accomplishments. Not not from something self-made, but being in the confidence that comes from having been with Jesus. Jesus. Having been in His presence and having that relationship with Christ. You see, I, I just... I just believe that it's time for some church folks to take the mask off and cease comparing. Cease manipulating. ooh, And cease pretending because we put the mask on and and we pretend to be something we're not and god's saying i want it rid of it i want i want you to come clean i want you to do as jacob did and wrestle with yourself and with me and let's change that let's change who you are let's change your destiny let's change your self-image let's change your self-description let's change your persona I want to ask you, does your self-image, does your self-description, does it line up with who God called you and created you to be? Wow. You know what I'm calling for today? Someone make a call and a plea for a body of Christ. Christ to charge into the gap between who you are and all that God is calling you to become. Charge into that gap. You see, this is where it's happened. That's where it happens. That's where, that's where grace, that's where it meets us, and that's what it's all about. Revelations chapter 22, verse 17 says this, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. Let him who is thirsty come. Let him who desires take the water of life freely. You know what that appears to me to be saying? God's saying, come like you are. With your insecurities, with your deficiencies, with that inward struggle of who you are, come. Come just like you are. And have an encounter with me and let me change it. Let me make you into who I've created you to be. Let me change you into the I am I want you to be. All because those third words, they're, they're our perception of who we are. You looked in the mirror this morning as you were getting ready. Most of you did. And you had a third word for yourself. Some of you, like me, went, Oh my, ooh. I'm glad Charlotte loves me for me. Come on now. We do it daily, 24 7 all day long, every day of the week. We're filling in that third word. Does it fit the call that God has placed on your life? Pastor Eric, if you'd come, I'm getting ready to close. Psalms 139, 13 and 14, the New Living Translation says this. This was kind of our whole base scripture for this whole series. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. I want you to hear that one more time. You made all the delicate parts. All the inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. I don't know who this is for, but I want somebody just to hear you are qualified. You are qualified. And you are loved. You are loved. Will you focus on the journey of being who He has called you to be? David says this about, the knowledge, about God's knowledge of us in Psalms 139 verses 1 and 2. He said, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You search me and you know me. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. God knows you better than you know you. And He wants a relationship with you. He looks inside the deepest crevices of my heart. And even though there may be a Jacob there he says I love that Jacob I love that Jacob I'm God of that Jacob just as I'm God of Israel he sees the secrets that you've hidden from everyone maybe even yourself and he says I love that Jacob I love it with all the insecurities, with all the dependencies, with all the junk that they've accumulated. I love you. All the hurt you've bottled up and you've kept suppressed, God says, I love that. Let me take that now and make it into what I'm calling you into your destiny for. Let me mold that. You see, if it wouldn't have been for some of the stuff, I wouldn't be able to minister where I'm at at times. But God took all the inner struggles, all the pain, all the hurt. Yeah, can I be honest? All the hatred, all the anger. Even the anger towards some of God's people. God's taken it. He's turned it. He's saying, I love you, Israel. Even though there's a Jacob. You know, all through the Bible, you would think now that God changed His name from Jacob to Israel, He would be called Israel the rest of the way out. It didn't happen. For years later, He still referred to Israel as Jacob because they would return to that manipulating, that... But he says, you know what? I'm God of Jacob. And I love you. And I want you to realize today that you are qualified. It don't matter where you've been. It don't matter what you've faced and what's happened in the past. It don't matter the rejection. It don't matter the hurt. It don't matter the pain. God's saying, I'm God of it. Let me heal it. And let's realize who you are in me. Stand with me if you will, please. God, right now, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That God, just like Simon, when Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And he answered him, you are the Messiah. That God, just like when He recognized who you were and and where you stood and, and who you were all about, then you looked at Him and said, No longer Simon, but you're Peter, a rock. Because in recognizing who you are will enable us to be who you've called us to be. God, reveal Yourself to Your people today. Reveal Yourself to them. And just like Jacob, there are some folks that they need to remove a mask. They need to face some of the inner struggles. They need to release some of that stuff. And realize that there's some things in life that it's really not that important. God, don't let... Don't let us wake up one day after years of keeping the carpet clean and staying on the kids and wanting this right and that right to only wake up one day and wish it was back. Let us live life now in who we are in You and enjoy the journey we're in now in You. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not going to prolong. I'm not going to delay. I realize it's 12 o'clock, but I'm simply going to say this. If God's speaking to your heart, they're going to begin to lead us in worship. These altars are open. I would love to pray with you and believe God with you. Because I believe there's several in here that maybe you need to wrestle. Maybe you need to take a mask off. Maybe you just need to come and say, God, I'm tired of struggling with who I am and what I've been. Or maybe you just need to say, God, take this. I'm ready for that relationship. God, I want to be like Paul. I don't, I don't want to succumb to this anymore because it's all dung and rubbish compared to knowing you. I want to know you today, God. I want to know you. And if that's you, these altars are open. These altars are open. I'm just going to challenge you to take a step of faith. And someone's going to meet you here. And we're going to pray with you and believe God for you. If that's you, I'm going to challenge you to move as I begin to sing. Thank you, Father.